You good white folks, y'all don't realize they don't give a shit about you neither. But your self-interest is so tied into the whiteness that you actually believe this shit. You actually believe that that's going to protect you. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the As It Should Be podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Jones, and this is part two of a two-part episode with Resma Menikim on healing generational trauma in America. In this episode, Resma tells us the origins of his latest book, The Quaking of America, and we discuss the ways we can be cultivating joy and healing with each other in community. It's raw, it's real, and we laugh so much in this one that I had to cut some of it out. <laughs> if you're enjoying this show, please remember to leave a reading interview on Apple or Spotify. And if you haven't listened to part one yet, what are you doing? Like, pause, go back, go ahead. You got to exit. You got to exit stage left. Go to the go to the first part. Now let's get into part two of our conversation with Resma Menikin. The, the Quaking of America. I started when I, so I was originally writing a sequel to, to my grandmother's hands. It was going to be called uh, Grandchildren's Souls. And it was going to be about how do you pass a living embodied anti-racist legacy through generations, even if you're not around, right? What, how do you do that? And so, but then I'm sitting there um, and I'm writing. I think we got about halfway through the book writing it. So let me tell you how I write my books. So the way that I write my books is that uh, uh, I go over to my, my agent is not a therapist. He is not a, um, he's not a black man. And so he'll, I'll go over to his house and he'll just ask me. And I want to say this respectfully. He'll ask me ignorant questions, meaning that he doesn't know the, he doesn't know he's really asking me questions. But the, but, but the beautiful thing between us is because he'll ask him and it'll help me like, oh, okay, now let me break this down. Right. It'll, it'll force me to do right. And so questions that me and you won't ever ask each other because we'd be like, we well, shit, I know that we lived it. Right. But, but coming from him, he'll be like, well, what about, right. And so what happens is, is that when I do that, we're sit, we're standing there and sitting there and he's recording it. We put it on a, a, a recorder and then we take the recording and send it to a transcriptionist. She types it all up and then we edit it. That's why my books sound like I'm, I'm talking, right. Because I am. Right. And then we just and then we just edit it. Right. And so we were halfway through my grand, uh, our grandchildren's soul. And then January 6th happened. And and my wife calls me upstairs and we run upstairs and I'm sitting there. I run upstairs and I'm sitting there and I'm watching. We watch that damn for the rest of the afternoon, watching these fools and watching them show up. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh. It's a thousand of these fools. Oh, it's two thousand of these fools. All white. Okay. Sitting there. And now I'm starting to see the AR-15s. Oh. Okay. Now I'm starting to see the cosplay uh, army fatigues. Oh. Okay. Now I'm starting to see the marching. Okay. Morning fools and showed up. Okay. Now I'm starting to see the gallows being erected. And then I start to see the noose show up. Then you start seeing the swastika signs and the Auschwitz signs. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, 
You don't normally see a noose at a birthday party. You don't see a noose at a wedding. And I call nooses in, in, in symbols like that symbols of our feral past, symbols of the ferality by which this country was founded on. And then I start seeing them breaking in the windows and climbing the scaffolders. And the thing that hit me all at one time was they doing all of this shit and not one of these motherfuckers done been shot yet. That's wow. it right there. Okay. Okay. Not one of these motherfuckers done been talked to harshly. Not one of these <laughs> I mean, talk too harshly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? These motherfuckers up in here bussing out the windows to the Capitol. An attempted coup of this country, sis. And and they did not mass shoot these motherfuckers. Think about that. Think about what I'm saying. The police officers that were getting their ass whooped, not one of them up there, one brother up his weapon when that chick was coming up there, shot her ass in the neck. But in mass, most of them police officers did not up their weapons. Imagine if there had been 6,000 of me and you. Imagine if there had been 6,000 indigenous bodies. Imagine if there had been 6,000 Mexicans or Haitians. I mean, we already know what happened when it's... I mean, right. That's right. That's right. And that's the thing when I'm sitting here watching, I'm saying, you know, America, if nothing else, has amnesia. And I know it will take two weeks and America will will get shot, but will continue business as fucking usual. And that's when I call, that's when I call my agent. Four days later, I call my agent and I said, hey man, you're going to be mad at me. He said, why? I said, because I need you to do something. He said, what? I said, I need you to call the publisher and tell them the book that they thought they was getting, the book that they get. I said, I'm not, I just sat up here, man, for the past four days thinking about how to call you because I'm sitting here saying our grandchildren's souls is on hold. I got to write, write this book. Uh, and he said, man, he said, I've been sitting here for four days thinking about the same thing with you. <laughs> he said, he said, you have to write this book. And I said, I know. I said, I know. I said, because I know that America will, ha- will, will move on and act like this was not nothing. And it was an attempted coup of this country. So now when I do my, so I just did, I'm out in LA right now. And I just did a big thing with mostly white folks in the room. And I said, I said to them all, and these, these are all the quote unquote good white folks. These are the liberals. These are the ones that voted for, voted for Obama twice. So, uh, <laughs> So, 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 so they the good ones, right? And I said to him, I said, January 6th, there was an attempted coup of this country. It did not change your life one bit. Listen to this. Listen to what I'm telling you. Roe v. Wade, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, won't change their day-to-day life one bit. The reason why this shit stays in place is because it is tied to white folks' self-interest. When people say, people, they keep doing this because they hate, you're missing the point. The hate is a byproduct of the self-interest. <laughs> the hate is a byproduct. They were self-interested in keeping us in bondage because the interest was their economic well-being. Uh, the hate was a, was a byproduct of it. So when I'm talking to these white folks, I said, I said, and they all like, oh, oh my God. I said, listen, I said, how many of y'all after 
the coup wouldn't took weapons training? How many of y'all wouldn't took a self-defense course? How many of y'all wouldn't got a different history book so you can learn about the lay of the land of this bullshit? How many of y'all did some research on these motherfuckers that got AR-15s that, that hit the Capitol? 6,000 of them actually represent probably around 60 to 100 million people in this country. How many of y'all researched that? How many of y'all did a, did a safety plan with your children to talk to them about the feralness of white body supremacy terrorism and how it can show up in your fucking church or show up in your fucking schools? How many of y'all took, uh, uh, are prepared to have the grid go down? How many of y'all are, how many of y'all did that? Raise your hand. Not one. I said, that's what I'm talking about. You don't believe you believe that white body supremacy and that white supremacy and whiteness will protect you when these motherfuckers start shooting. And it will not. When this shit pops off in mass, you are wholly unprepared for what's getting ready to happen. And you're relying on your whiteness to get you through the same way that one white boy that was in in the grocery store and the white boy starts shooting people and he aimed at the white boy and said, oh, I'm sorry. And then wouldn't shot the black old black woman. That's what you're relying on. But you don't want to articulate that. You want to give money to the United Negro College Fund and wipe your hands of it. You want to fuck around and and be part of a philanthropic board and then wipe your hands of it. But when they start shooting up your temple and when they start shooting up your church, right? Because now guns, guns, everybody will have guns. Because that, remember, Roe v. Wade was today. Two days ago was you can have guns wherever the fuck you want to have guns. That's part of the same virality that I'm talking about. And you good white folks, y'all don't realize they don't give a shit about you neither. But your self-interest is so tied into the whiteness that you actually believe this shit. You actually believe that that's going to protect you. And and so that's why I started writing Quaking, because I knew, I knew, I knew inside of two weeks, white folks was going, 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 go right back to business as usual. And I wanted to put something and I wanted to put something in writing that spoke to the rage, spoke to what our positioning is as black bodies and as other bodies of culture. And uh, and so if I die or something happens to me, I want at least that to be in writing for people like you, for the younger ones that go, you know, who was that old dude that was talking crazy and who was that dude? And then go read and, and get mad and get, and then all of a sudden something new starts to emerge and they go, oh... Okay. okay. You know what I mean? That's quaking. White supremacy and racism specifically. Racism is not designed to thrive within and des- it's not designed in or or thrives just because of hate. It's it's built to exist for self-interest and and we think about like the good white folks and the bad white folks and we think about like good and bad but sh- when we should be thinking about it as structural versus systemic. That's it. No, we should be thinking about it as, stru- we should be thinking about it as structural versus episodic. Episodic. Okay. When, when January 6th happens, white folks think about this as, as episodic. Black people think about this as a continuation. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Right. We think about it as structural, right? Because we've been impacted by the structure, right? We are, we, we are daily impacted by the structure. 
It is, it is, it is the self-interest. The self-interest is a, is, is a economic self-interest. It is a religious self-interest. It is a, it is a, it is a self-interest that's tied to their sense of whether or not they're going to be. This is why they keep saying shit like, mm, we got to start having more babies. This is why they keep saying shit like, uh, you will not replace us. This is why they keep saying shit like, uh, we, you know, um, it's, it's, it's this, it's this, it's this belief and this understanding, this philosophical, uh, 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 understanding that they are under siege by the lesser. Do you understand what I mean? And, 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 and therefore anything that they do to protect themselves is warranted. Right. And so, and so poor white people, the, the, the most brilliant thing that elite white folks and white bodies did was to convince poor white folks that their lot was tied to the success of the NASDAQ or the success of the plantation that, and, and, and so, and so the moment that white folks accepted that white, that pale bodies accepted whiteness, right? Right after the, the Bacon rebellion is when you start to see in Virginia law, that the term white persons before that, it, the, who, who ran the ship was, uh, was landowners and merchants and stuff like that. After the Bacon rebellion, uh, when, when all those elites said, shit, we, almost had where you had black and poor whites almost took over Virginia and they would have ruled because because remember the British wouldn't have been able to get over here in time, right? And they said we can't let that shit happen again. So that's when they started ushering in and saying things like white persons shall not. White persons and the and, and the Negro shall not. You know what I mean? That's when that started to happen. And, and, and in short order, white folks said, yeah, I'm white. Poor white people said, yeah, that's, that's, that's the self-interest. You mean to tell me after the thousand years of brutality that my poor white ass experienced brutality at the hands of elite white bodies that for that happened for a thousand years. I know the brutality of this white man. And now you're going to tell me there's a chance that my kids may not have to experience that. Yeah, I'm going to take some of that shit. Give me that. <laughs> Right. So so when I say self-interest, that's what I'm talking about as a structure, not as good, bad binary. Right. That's where we get fucked up. We don't see it. That's why I say white body supremacy sits as opposed to white supremacy, white supremacy, genuflex to a cognition, white body supremacy suggests as the position in the structure. And see, that goes back to what you had been talking about earlier when we were talking about white, uh, talking about black men and understanding standing that they are waiting in the water of that white body supremacy because that is you working in your self-interest. Exactly right. That's right. Well, you work you think you're working in your self-interest but you're actually complicit with the white body supremacy structure. <laughs> so at the same time you say you love black women and you down for black women and all that different type of shit, you're espousing shit that's actually in alignment with the white body supremacist structure. The hierarchy is that the white specifically the white the white rich man or the white uh a powered man or the white elite body, right man. You want to be like him so bad 
and you want to you want to have the riches of him so bad that you don't realize you're espousing shit that actually is aiding in your own denigration. The moment you denigrate a black woman, you're aiding in your own denigration. So you actually don't reap the benefits like individually. You may reap some benefits, but you actually don't reap the benefits communally when you participate in that shit. That Samuel's that that dude that 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 dude who who died the the brother was espousing shit that made him that gave him stature right yeah totally. and 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 got him a new and got him a new car right but fueled this i but but continue to pour pure pour fuel on the idea that the reason why we're at the reason why black folks are in the position that they're in is because has something to do with black women <laughs> that's a fucking you know what i mean that's that's, that's a fantasy it's, it's, <laughs> it's bananas and it perfectly aligns with white body supremacy and the structure and the hierarchy and 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 the plant and, and and the plantation ethics and ethos, and if it goes unexamined, it perpetuates itself. So how in in all of our bodies? Talk to me about how you think we go about examining it within ourselves. Pause. Start reclaiming the pause. Start reclaiming pausing each other. Start reclaiming the hum that our grandmamas used to do that actually regulated the vagal nerves. Start reclaim, start moving our hips so we can begin to work with that locking down that always shows up in our hips and lower bodies. Start touching our, touching our necks and letting other people touch the back of our necks so that bracing can begin to be eased over time. We, we have this sense of this impending doom because we've been, because we've been brutalized by a structure and continue to be brutalized by a structure. Start wiggling. Start cultivating the big belly laughs with each other. Start, that's how you do it. When I, let me tell you something. I know when joy is present, when I hear a black woman belly laugh. Like when a black woman belly laughs, like that big guttural fall over belly laugh shit, that's safety. That's safety. And we have to create reprieval spaces for our bodies to just be with each other and rock with each other and wiggle with each other and laugh with each other and grieve with each other and begin to do that every day so we can condition our bodies so we have more space and more room for the younger nervous systems so they begin to understand what resources like through our nervous systems and they don't have to they don't have to get rid of the thwarting and thwarting energy because it's not present we got to reclaim those pieces that we threw away that we think were nothing were actually seminal to our survival humming and rocking and grunting mm. mm-hmm. Shit. Those things is an embodied language. And you know it's a language because when it happens and you're in the space, you're in community with the people who you speak it to, yeah. we, know we know exactly what you just said. That's what I'm saying. We got to reclaim it. We got to reclaim it. So you told me that, you know, joy is present when you hear a black woman belly laugh. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how you're cultivating joy in your life, because 
Rest month. Let me talk to you about how I see just reading your work, the amount of heart and feeling and pain that goes into creation for your stuff. I cannot imagine that there is a world in which you can continue to do this work without support, without care, without love in your life. Talk to me about what that looks like. Inappropriate jokes, stuff that I hope nobody ever records. Make you know one of the things that I've discovered in the last four years that I really like that just fills me with like joy is making my wife laugh and she and tears start streaming down her face. You know what I mean? Like something I say yeah, or do something yeah. really foul or inappropriate and she'll call me stupid. You stupid like that. But tears are streaming, <laughs> like, tears are streaming down her face that there's, there's nothing on this earth that brings me more joy than that. Doing cosplay stuff with my son, um, you know, going to, going to the, going to the cosplay conventions, um, sitting down drinking. I always just came back from a trip and we were able to get some white Hennessy. Um, uh, look, look, and I know it's a garbage, it's a garbage drink. It's really a garbage, you know, it's, it's not really good. It's not a good drink. It's not supposed to be a good drink, right? Because, you know, the reason why it's white is because it hasn't aged, right? It's supposed, you know what I mean? But, you know, but listen, I'm sitting up with my boys and we sitting up and my boys and, 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 and our wives are sitting there and we drink and just sitting around drinking white Hennessy. That's joyful for me. You have to cultivate those places too, right? Yeah. Um, um, last night went out with my wife and her sister and my niece, um, and just talking shit, you know, bagging on each other. You know what I mean? You know, like, you know, damn girl, you, you got them shoes on and you got a big ass corn. You need to go get that. <laughs> you need to go get that. You got a bunion. <laughs> You big ass bunion coming up on your shoe. You need, to, you need to go get that shit shaved. I love shit like that. Shit like that. You know what I mean? That's, we got to cultivate yeah. that shit because these motherfuckers is rabid. This shit is feral. These motherfuckers, you know, if they're going to do this type of shit to white women, you know what they think about your black ass. So mm-hmm. we better start being about the business of cultivating places and spaces where we can just be, where, where you know, where I can, if I want to smoke something and chill, I'm going to smoke something and chill. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, you come up to me, we shouldn't be, do- fuck you. I'm living in the system where at any moment, one of these rabbit motherfuckers could hurt me or hurt my children or hurt people that look like me simply because I look like me. And that's been our experience for 400 years. The next motherfucker that come up to me and tell me, but don't you think things have improved? I will strangle the shit out of you. We sitting up here, we just talking about the fact that a woman does not have dominion over her own fucking body. And you talking to me about improvement with, we rank 31st in the, in the, in the world in terms of education. You talking to me about improvement. Black people are, black women are dying in childbirth in this country. Black women have a higher rate of uterine fibroids in this. Get away from me. Black men on average die earlier, right? And. And, and we're number one in starting of entrepreneurship, right? Black men take care of their children.
children more than and see their children more than any other man in this country. Right. Um, yes. um, um, black men and black women enlist in the military more than any other. You see what I mean? But but I don't need your white gaze, G-A-Z-E. I don't need your white gaze looking at that and, and giving me an evaluation on what you think that is. White bodies have never been a good arbiter for my well-being. I want to give that space because that is so true. <laughs> and we don't like allow ourselves to recognize that as a fact, but we at the same time allow ourselves to say things like, you're making us look bad. As if we the problem. That's never been the That's problem. That's never been the problem. That's never been That's the never problem. That's never been the problem. Never been the problem. And the fact that you saying that already tells me you haven't investigated and interrogated what the problem actually is. You mm -hmm. sit up here and you saying you think I'm the problem because I make white people nervous. I think you the problem because you mm -hmm. ain't making them nervous. <laughs> you get your ass on TikTok and say foul shit. But you ain't building a damn. My daddy used to say this. <laughs> my daddy was in and out of prison. At one time, one time, um, he was home and um, this, this, uh, this dude had said something, older dude had said something to my younger brother and my dad found out my dad came up and my dad was a very violent dude. People knew him as violent, you know what I mean? And so when the dude saw who my brother's dad, you know, who our dad was. Dude was like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I ain't trying to, you know, back out and shit. And then, you know, luckily we didn't we didn't see my dad like get violent and stuff like that. And years later, I was talking to him about that. And my dad, and I said, you know, why? Why? I said, you know, why didn't you? Now, you know, this is when my dad's 60 and stuff. He, you know, he, he ain't as big of a fool as he, you know, as he was. Um, <laughs> and he goes, I said, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you? you know, get that old boy. He said, Oh, I, I, I yeah. could see in his eye, in his eyes, he wasn't going to bust a grape in the fruit fight. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's something my husband would say. Oh my gosh. That's something my husband would say. Like, I feel like I've heard those exact words. <laughs> that's that old shit. That's that old, old black man on the porch shit. Right. <laughs> my dad, I'm going to tell you another one my daddy used to say, and I use it now. And now when I say it, my son just rolls his eyes. It shakes his head like, oh God, dad. Like, so when I used to get disappointed with something or 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 break up with somebody or something like that, and I'm just moping and sitting around and not, you know what I mean? My dad would say, my dad would come up to me and say, How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. He said, You know one sick elephant don't stop a circus. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I hear you, but what the hell did you say? It took me years to what, what he was saying. What he said is one sick elephant. If one sick elephant is sick, the circus gonna still keep moving. They go, they gonna yeah. still have a circus. And it took me. I, I used to go, yeah. What's yeah. he mean? <laughs> I understand what he mean now, but what he would say when I'm 17, I'm like, ah, yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know what the fuck. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> and basically, that was his pep talk. Let's get up and get, keep moving. I was like, shit, shit my heart broken. <laughs> you talking to me about elephants and shit? My heart is ripped out my chest. <laughs> He just means keep moving. Just keep moving.